We would like to welcome you to today's sermon delivered by Pastor Stuart Guthrie. We hope that it challenges, strengthens, and encourages your walk in the Lord. So we've been working through uh, the book of 1 Peter. I, I, I entitled this message, Skipping or Tripping. Um, yeah, that's a kind of a silly title, but uh, I, I wanted to draw out the idea of a young child skipping, uh, rejoicing, having a good time. And then I also wanted to deflect that to the idea of someone stumbling or tripping, because really that's what we're going to be looking at as we look through the book of First Peter today, chapter two, the first or the second set of verses. Last week we spoke about longing for the pure milk of the word, and Peter prescribed to us three different actions that we needed to do, that we needed to make sure that we were doing to make sure that we would hunger. Uh, for the Word of God. And so he prescribed us three things we could do. This week, uh, outline-wise, we're completely shifting in a different direction. We've been looking from verse 1 of chapter 1 all the way to uh, chapter 2, verse 4, of Peter's response to the Christian salvation. And now we're going to take a twist from that to Peter's response to the Christian's faith. Because we are believers, God calls us to have faith. And he wants us to have that faith. And so he's going to explain to us how we as Christians through faith can complete the task in which he has called us to. And so let's look at our text this morning. Again, if you will, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 4. He says, "...in coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God." You also, as living stones, are being built up as a holy spiritual, as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, and to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Here, Peter is speaking to us as Christians. He's explaining why we should be living by faith for the purpose of presenting sacrifices. To God, which are acceptable. So I picked a few things out this morning that I hope you will take home and that will be helpful for you that we see uh, Peter calling us to do. First, he he says we need to continuously come to Christ. Uh, We need to continuously come to Christ. Secondly, we need to continuously sacrifice to Christ. We looked at verses 1 to 3 last week, and these are really important in understanding the rest of this text because it really gives us great insight into what we're looking at today. Last week, Peter wanted to draw us away from the sin in which we found ourselves in very often uh, and, and, and bring us to a place to where we could, in faith, live as God has called us to live. Not just to think about the Word, but to truly crave the Word, to truly desire the Word, like some would desire a soda, a Mountain Dew, an an addictive substance that maybe you would crave, like sugar. He wants us to desire like a baby desires milk from its mother. And so we, as well, should desire the Word of God. This is how we should be living as Christians, living as if we have tasted of the goodness of God. And so what we have next then is we see, let's begin by looking at we need to continually come to Christ. Right after questioning, 
whether one has tasted the goodness of God, he continues by saying, and coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. The ESV begins with this way. It says, as you come to him. Peter is simply assuming that you, those that have trusted in faith in Jesus Christ, uh, are taking a step of faith, coming to Christ, the way he calls us to on a normal basis. Coming to the Lord on a regular basis should bring more of an idea that you are drawing near to Christ in an intimate, personable way. And when we look at that in light of last week, we see the need for designing the Word because it's through that relationship which God calls us to that we can draw near to Him through His Word. So let me ask you a question. Last week we preached about desiring God's Word. Um, Did you find yourself reading the Word more this week? Because we preach the Word, and the Word is transformational, right? We can't move forward until we look back and to make sure that what has been delivered last week has been obeyed. Have you found yourself desiring the Word of God? And if the answer is still this week, no, then I ask those questions. What sin have you failed to put off that will prevent you? We need to always be coming to the Lord Jesus Christ in His Word because He is the one who is able to transform our lives, to show us how real He truly is. We're not simply speaking of coming to Christ, but coming to Him as what? Living stones, the text says. Now, we know that no stone has life, uh, but what Peter is talking about here is something different, something as a living stone. Well, I think that you will find that throughout the New Testament that Christ is many times considered the cornerstone. And here, in the Greek word that is used is lithos. And now that word sometimes refers to a, a carved precious stone, but most of the time it's used as a building stone, a stone used in an important aspect of building. Christ throughout the New Testament is called the rock. He is called the stone, the cornerstone on which the entire church is built. It's a living stone. And while we can walk around and pick up rocks and stones that have no life, this stone is one that has life. This one has meaning. And this stone is a stone that gives life. And we have to ask, what is it our life is built on? This stone or something that will fail us? Something that will crumble beneath us? Because on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Somebody is actually calling me right now. can't believe this. He's an unbeliever. He just doesn't get it. My brother, my dear brother. So you and I need to always continually come to Christ. Hebrews 4, 6 uses the same word as coming when he says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy, that we may find grace to help in time of need. Drawing near to the throne of grace is what we need to do. 
Listen, Peter says that Christ, this living stone, though it's so important, has been really rejected by many. By men. He's probably referring to the Jewish leaders of the time, the Jewish people in that day, but under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, not knowing what he was saying specifically, but that God was speaking through him. He is speaking to you and to me even today, several thousand years later. And people are still rejecting Christ today. The chief stone. Listen, not everyone comes to the living stone. Many will reject him. There at Skyline High School, a, a massive high school, uh, not a little bitty school, but massive, they had close to 120 students in the after-school program. And they were uh, doing games, and it was time to preach the Word, and so the, the guy who runs that club stood up, and he started preaching from the scriptures and he was talking about Jesus Christ the the living stone but he was talking about the resurrection of Christ from the dead and many of the kids there remember it clearly because there was a young man who got up walked out of the door and intentionally before the door ever closed laughed as loud as he could (laughs) and then turns around and walks back in and sits down listen the gospel is foolishness to those that are perishing. Many will reject. Don't get discouraged. I, I was able to tell those young people on the trip, listen, what do you expect? They're unbelievers. It's foolishness to them. Jesus rose from the dead. The, 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 this stone is a living stone. That, that language doesn't even make sense. But we know those of the faith, Christ is alive. They viewed this Jesus in this day and his teaching as bogus. They had rejected him as Messiah. They didn't think in light of what they expected the Messiah to look like uh, to come in on a white horse. He didn't measure up to that. And the people rejected him for that. But not much has changed in our day. People still reject the Messiah that came to give life. Not only to give life, but to give life abundant. They don't believe that Christ measures up to what they expect Jesus to, and so they reject him. You hear today that Christ is too narrow. We must can't exclude anybody anymore. Now you can be male, female, you can be the question mark, you know. Both, if you want, whatever it is you want to be the day, you can be it. They're teaching this in the public schools. I just watched a video from Canada. It's sick. It's depraved. And if we're not careful, it's going to slip right in. Listen, they're rejecting the truth of God's Word everywhere we turn, and it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to stand up for what you believe? Are you ready to proclaim Jesus Christ and Him crucified? They'll say, oh, He's a good man, but He's not God. Oh, he was a prophet, but not the promised Messiah. Jesus, to the Jews, was not strong enough and powerful enough to bring about national freedom, what they really wanted. You see, they wanted the physical aspects of the world, but they didn't want the spiritual. Rather, they got a king that came to serve, a king that came to save, a king that came to suffer. And they rejected Christ 
and many today. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you rejected Christ as the one true king who came to save the world? You may say, no, I haven't rejected Christ. Well, let me ask you this. Do you believe your works will get you in the kingdom of God? Because if you believe you can work your way into the kingdom of God, you've rejected Jesus. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. When you reject the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for salvation alone, you've rejected Jesus the Jesus of the Bible. Many will reject him. And you and I, as believers and followers of Christ, and even those that don't believe yet, need to come to Christ. And we need to continue to come to him because God has chosen Christ and he is precious in his sight. And there is no other name that's been given among men by which we must be saved. They could reject And so can you today, but remember that Christ, he is a living stone, a choice and precious stone in the sight of God. This Jesus is loved by the Father. Oh, oh, I forgot. Yeah, see, when we were in clubs, whenever they said Jesus, that's what they did. So, yeah, that'd throw you off if you ain't used to it. Uh, the first time it kind of threw me off and I was like, what was that noise? It was kind of weak, I guess. But they could reject and so can you reject Christ as a living stone. Uh, we don't want to do that. Why? Because when we reject Christ, we reject any way into the kingdom of heaven. Listen, Jesus is loved by the Father. And the, and, and the father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He was chosen by God to do a work from the foundation of the world. Acts 2, 23 to 24 spells it out for us. And it says, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands and godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held by its power. We have a God that holds his son Jesus as choice and precious. And though he, is de- he was dead, he is now alive and he is active. He is a living stone that is considered extraordinary, costly, highly esteemed. And he says, I am the first and the last and I am the living one and I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys to death and to Hades. Revelation says that. Jesus is God's son and he is of greatest value and we are called to come to him. What is holding you back today from coming to Christ following Christ as he is called. For the unbeliever, it's coming to repentance, coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. For the believer, it's coming to repentance and to fellowship with God, coming to learn and to feast and to, and to feed on the Word of God so that we can, by his grace, live a life that will honor his name. You are called to come, summoned to salvation, 
Maybe you've never trusted in Christ today, and he calls you to come. Some to repentance. You're a believer. You're sitting there in your seat. You're listening live. You're watching in the back. And you know without a shadow of a doubt you've got sin going on in your life. And you have not turned it over to God. And you need to repent. Listen, we all have to repent, right? We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. I I think I honestly repent daily. You know, I was coming through the uh, checkpoint yesterday evening. It's been a long week, wasn't it? And there was this lady. And me and her didn't see eye to eye. And she was hollering at everybody. And she hollered at me, and I wasn't ready for it. And I was like, don't holler at me, ma'am. I'm going as fast as I can. And let me tell you, my sanctification was on the line. And last night I, I said, you know, I didn't, I didn't holler at the lady, but I probably wasn't as Christ-like as I could have been. Uh, so I, I asked God for forgiveness of anything I may have offended that lady. Listen, we all have to come to God in repentance. If we think there is something that could prevent us from honoring God, why waste the breath that he's given us? Let's just repent of it. And ask for forgiveness and move forward. We not only need to continuously come to Christ, but secondly, we need to continuously sacrifice to Christ. I find that in this passage, it points to our necessity to bring about acceptable sacrifices to God. And this also then preassumes that we might could possibly bring some unacceptable sacrifices to God. He says in 1 Peter 2.5, You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He starts out with you also. And you here, is it in the singular? No, it's in the plural. So you could really say y'all. Also, as living stones are being built up, the body of Christ, those that have trusted in Christ are being built up as living stones, as a house, so that we can bring appropriate sacrifices to God. If you are a living stone, a follower of Christ, then you have a life-given spirit that can never die. You are a living stone. Now, what I want to ask you this morning is Jesus Christ died for each one of you, for me. And he says in this passage, we are living stones. Is your, are you being used as a building block for the body of Christ? Because you know what? If, if I were to just take one stone and say, I'm going to build a house and I stick a stone there and I don't have any other stones to put there, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to be sleeping under the stars. But if I have a bunch of stones and they are placed as God intends them to place, then we can be built up into a spiritual house where the gospel can go forth and we can be effective to the kingdom of God. But we honestly have to ask ourselves, what am I doing as a living stone? And am I a part of God's ultimate plan and what God has called me to do? Listen, those that believe the gospel... 
are living stones. He who has the Son has a life. You not, not will have or may have or could have, has now. It's in the present tense. You are a living stone. You will never die. You will transfer from this place to eternity with Christ. Right? This is something to rejoice in. We have no fear of death or of, you know, driving back on the plane last night in the storm and it's boom, boom, the wings are flopping around. I'm like, oh Lord, and we might go see you today. But that's okay. I was listening to my praise and worship music just riding. I look back and Annabelle's about to have a heart attack. <laughs> but the reality is, is we are living stones. We have eternal life now as believers. If you've trusted in Christ. If you've trusted in Christ. So you Christians this morning are living stones. Designed to play a part in God's plan. And listen, we as a community of believers are the body of Christ. The church is living stones. Ephesians 2, 19, 20 to 22 says this, and, then you, and so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. You are being built this morning into a spiritual house and each one of us is a living stone. And when we, as a church, begin to work together as a a group of living stones, we will do great things for the kingdom of God. Now, you know the greatest thing about Christianity is I can't make you do anything. My desire is not to make you do something. My desire is that you ask God, what is it I'm doing? Because when we all activate, what it is that God has called us to do, we will be more effective than we've ever been in this community for the gospel's sake. It's important that we as Christians grow together, serve together, not mainly just as individuals, but as a group of living stones making up a complete structure. And when we become joined together with others that are living stones then and only then can we be primary in what God has called us to do in building a spiritual house. We need to work together as the body of Christ, this church, at Family Bible Fellowship. As I look across, I see so many different people with different giftings, different abilities. I see so many people that serve week in and week out. And we're grateful for that. But some of you may be missing out on opportunities. Are you using your gifts fully to the body of Christ to edify them for the kingdom's sake? So very little about our lives is about us, but about Christ. And it's a blessing to see God's people working together. Our purpose as a church, I want you to know here at Family Bible Fellowship is to know Christ and to make him known. We come and we 
listen to the teaching, but we go home and we study the scriptures and we begin to know Christ. But it's not about our knowledge. It's about soaking it in, but also giving it out. If I learned one thing on this trip, it's what discipleship looks like. It's what discipleship looks like. I watched Joe Anderson, a faithful missionary there in downtown Dallas, reaching out to these young kids year after year after year after year after year. Watching these kids grow from this age now into grown men serving in the military and now back in Dallas serving at Youth for Christ. Discipleship at its finest. Let me ask you a question. Who are you discipling today? Who are you sharpening? We are to know Christ and to make Christ known. When a man builds a golf course, a housing development, he uses a set of plans. In all of my years of being in the construction industry, I've never worked on a job without a set of plans. When a man builds a a house, he uses blueprints. A man would never try to build a church building without counting the cost and without going off of a set of blueprints. You see, each one of us is a living stone that make up the body of Christ. And if we are building over here and we're building over there and we're building there and down there and up there and there's no blueprints, there's no objectives, there's no goals, then we won't be effective. You see, I don't know how to build a job site without a set of plans. And I don't know how to grow a church without a set of plans. And here's our set of plans. Here's the blueprints. It's very basic. Fellowship. Break bread together. Pray together. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Love one another. Honor one another. Go and tell people about Jesus with one another. Right? Simple. We've got to follow the blueprint. Otherwise, we're just going to be a bunch of busybody Christians doing church rather than being the church. Christ is the cornerstone. And everything we do as a church, as individuals, needs to be based upon that. He is the plumb line. We are being built. But my question to you today is, are you being built in a way in which we can be considered a holy priesthood to offer up acceptable sacrifices to God? He says, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. By the way, a spiritual house is the church and the church is its people and the pillar that supports the truth, the household of God. And so we are believers, not only functioning as a spiritual house, but as a holy priesthood. Did you know that you were a holy priesthood as a believer. Well, that's a little weird. But we're not priesthood as the Catholics would teach. We're not a 
priest as the Old Testament would teach, being that we are only able to go into the holies of holies once a year. You are holy priest. Why? Because you are chosen by God and consecrated by him for, for his glory. Didn't he say already that Jesus was a living stone and that we were living stones and that living stone was a choice? That means to be chosen. And if Christ was chosen and a living stone, we are also a living stone. That would mean that we are chosen and precious in the sight of God. And we are made, we are designed to bring sacrifices to the Lord that are acceptable. So what does it mean to be a priest? That we have a cleansing of our sin wiped clean through Christ. And we are to bring acceptable sacrifices to God. If you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ today, you cannot bring acceptable sacrifices to God because you are unclean. And it's a no-no. But the greatest news is that through Christ, He has made it possible that you be cleansed today and that you can bring about sacrifices that are acceptable. Listen, today can be the first day that you come into a lasting, eternal relationship with Jesus Christ or an effective relationship with Christ as a believer that's trusted in Christ. You see, Isaiah, Isaiah saw what it was for people to burden God with sacrifices that were not acceptable. Turn with me, if you will, to Isaiah chapter 1. And look at a few verses there. They're not on PowerPoint, so... If you would just flip in your Bibles to Isaiah 1. If you don't have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to bring them. They're pretty important. Isaiah chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 11. What are your multiplied sacrifices to me, he says with a question mark. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. And I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs or goats. When you come to, to appear before me, who requires of you this trampling of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Could you imagine? You think we're, we're living for God, we're bringing God's sacrifices, and, and the whole time, he's like, I don't want nothing to do with what you got. Bring them no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity in the solemn assemblies. I hate your new moon festivals, your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me. And I am weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, listen, he says, I will hide my face. I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. 
Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan and plead with the widow. You see, men come to God, but sometimes our sacrifices are not acceptable to Him. Romans 12.1 says, I plead with you, dear brothers and sisters, to give your bodies to God as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. How can our bodies be a living and holy sacrifice? How can they be that or a dead sacrifice? Listen, what are we doing with our eyes, with our bodies, with our minds, with our tongues? Where do our feet take us? It's no surprise. Listen, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're crucified with Christ, and I understand that. But when we are not right with God, and you know what I mean, if you're there this morning listening, and you're living in habitual sin, you get it. The Spirit of God is there to convict you. I'm not. You can look so pretty to me, and I can look so pretty to you, and I can just sit here and live right in sin. It happens every day across this world where pastors are living in sin, having affairs on their wives, sick. We can either listen to that conviction in our heart and repent of that and allow God to change us or we can keep digging deeper. Oh, and he'll catch us in the valley. It'll get so bad because he disciplines those he loves. We can have habitual sin and try to come and offer praise and worship to God. Yo, we don't burn sense in this church, incense, do we? You know, we don't do some of the things they used to do, but we come in and we worship. We lift our hands and we pray. Some of us lift our hands um, when we sing and we praise and we get in groups and we praise God and, you know, we give thanksgiving and while yet we're full of sin, of unrepented sin in our lives. Bring your worthless offerings no longer he says that's scary listen don't waste time anymore repent ask God to forgive you it's that that easy and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to change you and mold you and move you into the right direction I like what he says here starting in verse 8 of the same chapter he says come now let us reason together says the Lord Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. If you are consistent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Listen, if you repent and turn back to God, what a day of rejoicing it is. Don't hold on to that sin anymore. Because it will will kill you, for the wages of sin is death. Today, Christ wants your life. He wants your everything. And Peter's response to the Christian faith is that we honor God through acceptable sacrifices. 
begin with sacrifice. The greatest sacrifice of all was Jesus Christ. And the sacrifice he made was far beyond anything we could ever sacrifice. And therefore God can ask us to be a spiritual house that is full of a holy priest making sacrifices acceptable to God because it's through Jesus Christ that we do those things. 1 Peter 2, 6 and 8 says, For this is contained in the Scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. He who believes in Him will not be disappointed. Listen, if you trust in Christ today, you will not be disappointed. And all of those that have gone on before us to be with the Lord, none of them are disappointed. Put your faith in Christ today. Verse 7 says, This precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to God's word. Listen, we can all be sinners, but we can all be forgiven confess your sins. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's to the believer. That's not a salvation verse for unbelievers. That's for the believer. I believe that that everyone here has an opportunity to choose today Christ in his way. Christ will always be the cornerstone. So I want to ask you today are you skipping or are you tripping? Rejoice. And don't allow the cornerstone to be a stumbling block and a rock of offense. Let's pray.